0: Ken Miller Trent Condon Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO All right, good
1: morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller & Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours, and we appreciate you spending some of your morning here with Trent and myself. The BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. Uh, At the bottom of this hour, 10.30 or thereabouts, we're going to speak with Bobby Hansen, a member of the second of the Bulls championships, the 1991-92 season. Some people say That of the six championship teams, this was the team that had the most talent. We will talk to Bobby Hansen about a number of things, including the ring that he got uh, as being a member of that squad. Uh, Governor Reynolds will join us an hour from now at 11 o'clock. We've committed to carrying her press conferences daily as long as the need arises. Uh, so uh, Kim Reynolds will join us at 11. And at 11.35 or thereabouts, we're going to talk golf with our friend Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. There was Exhibition Golf yesterday. Yesterday uh, on television, which was a nice respite, NASCAR as well, uh, yesterday during the afternoon. But Matt Rudy will recap that, but more so, I think, preview this weekend, because as fun as yesterday was, I think this week, next weekend rather, should dwarf it ratings-wise with uh, Brady uh, and Phil versus uh, Tiger and... um, Well, that other guy, Peyton Manning. So that should be pretty pretty good TV, so Matt Rudy on that. And then what the tour will look like when it resumes on the 11th of uh, June. So that's the program here today. We'll do a lot in the first segment, recapping what we saw uh, last night, episodes 9 and 10. I don't know about you, Trent, um, but i am kind of got a void here this morning just Mm -hmm. knowing that it's over. Uh, I know that there was some people that are critical of the jumping around the timelines. I wasn't one of them. I was able to follow it and didn't find that much trouble doing so. Uh, but, you know, teach their own, right? I, I was thoroughly entertained the last five Sundays, and I'm so grateful uh, for ESPN and for Jordan's company uh, for moving this up and giving us something uh, to take our minds on uh, what we've gone through as a country, quite honestly.
2: It was incredible television over the last five weeks, and those Sunday nights, something to look forward to, something to have that community aspect, and... You and I are both huge fans of Twitter, and a big part of that mm-hmm. is that community that you have. Maybe there's goofiness involved. Maybe it's just some fun involved, but whatever it is, you're part of this community and watching it with these people See, as it's going See, I on. didn't
1: do it, Trent. For the last five Sundays, and now you know me, yes. I'm as addicted to Twitter as anybody. Yeah. I, I don't tweet a lot, but I, I'm on it constantly. I would shut my iPad from 8 until 10. I didn't want to lose my train of thought or go down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. or whatever, it was just, I couldn't get enough of it. I'm, I'm, It was so
2: good, so good. There were so many different aspects to it and so many things to, to pull out, and that's what's made this fun. It's not a game, it's a documentary, but mm-hmm. we've been able to come in here and basically recap it like we do with games each and every day when everything is normal. Some of the biggest things, and I think my favorite moment, though, of last night is Larry Bird in the bowels <laughs> After the, yeah, knocked him up. of the arena game afterwards. Seven, yeah. They come up yeah. and Jordan's giving it to him right away, yeah. and as he's walking away, I hey, got some time to work on your golf game yeah.
1: now. One more shot before he before he got away from out of uh, out of uh, range of hearing. Him. That's, Larry no, Burt. Great. That's Larry I know,
2: you know right? It's, it's an icon of yeah. the league.
1: His first year coaching and. It's still Jordan flipping him crap, right? And and about Magic, I mean, this wasn't this wasn't trash talk, but Magic t- telling the world when Magic's still playing the game that the best player in our game and by a lot by a long ways is Michael Jordan. It was, it was so good. A couple of things that struck me. Maybe one of my bigger takeaways of the whole series is just. And who would have thought this? Right? I mean, guys, that in the nineties, I don't know what security guys are making. Mm-hmm. It, uh, they're working for the Bulls in the United Center, eight bucks an hour. I don't know, but his core, the guys that he trusted, the guys that that he allowed to get close to him and meant the world to him, were three security guards. Right, Wozniak, Gus, who was a big part of it last night. Both of those guys passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them cancer related. Uh, Gus uh, came out afterwards that apparently Jordan paid all of Gus's medical bills. Did not know that. And one other guy, Clarence or something was his name. But regardless, just how close Jordan was to these group of men uh, that were there to park his car, keep fans away, do whatever. But the trust that he gained in these guys was... Who knew that, right? And so many of those clips were...
2: Not Jordan in the locker room. It was this little yeah. side room that the security guys were hanging out in. That's where the quarters with Woj and him, uh, throwing yep. quarters with him, and the famous uh, gift that's now come out of him, sh- shrug- shrugging his head over yeah. to the side. Yeah. And you know, Wozniak, it, yeah, it's it just that component of it. You know, one thing that I maybe would like to get more on is Jordan's entourage because a couple of different pieces. One, as they're all sitting in his hotel room before the.
1: Food poison game, not the mm-hmm. flu game. Yep, the trainer and his uh, his manager. What was his manager's name? Uh, George, I think. I think it's George. And them sitting there, nobody else eats the pizza. Yeah, does five that story, guys deliver the pizza?
2: There's something seems off still with that story,
1: doesn't it? Well, it wasn't good. Wasn't a good night for the Marriott, who <laughs> right. was. Uh, you know, that's where they were staying in in Salt Lake. Um, five guys show up with yeah. the pizza. Nobody else has a piece. Right. Nobody else. I guess. I Are mean, you sure he, it wasn't a brown bottle flu? You wonder, right? right. I mean, you, you, would have think it, you would have thought that it would have come out. but Because, I mean, Jordan did like to have a couple of drinks. Right? Right. He talked yeah. about before he went to practice mm-hmm. at the shoot-around, got up, had a couple of beers, smoked a cigar, and then <laughs> made it down to the shoot-around. Just one, cigar. Just, Just one one cigar. Just one cigar. Right, one, one, one cigar. cigar. Sitting on the plane. Play. I mean, no, they all bigger drinks on the plane. Right. You know, in those um, Back in the day, I don't know if athletes still do or not. But. Because
2: my my thought process behind
1: this you work at a pizza place,
2: Michael Jordan. We're, we're almost positive this is Jordan. What do you put on
1: a pizza to give somebody food poisoning? I, I do you don't got know.
2: rancid meat I, just hanging out there at your pizza place, or
1: was it sprinkled on before they dropped it off at the door? I I don't know, but it was. It and what was, do you
2: put on? I, I just that's the part that I don't understand. What would mm-hmm. you possibly do? You don't want to poison them. You don't want him to die. It's not like they're putting rat poison on the top of it, and that's what's going to make him give them the flu. What do you have around? That's going to make you that sick that you just have hanging out at a pizza place. That's the part that's still for me. It's str- I struggle to connect the dots of how that all played out.
1: Uh I do know this. Forty four minutes and thirty-eight points yes. in the in the in the food poisoning and game. And he was sick. And he was sick. And this, he was One certainly sick the in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Uh the end of it, you know that they could have come back? Mm-hmm. That uh that Jordan was designed for a year and and Reisdorf had reached out despite the fact what Krauss had said. Uh, that he had reached out and offered uh, Phil to come back for one more year, keep the band together. They'd won six. They'd won another three in a row, and you want to do it again one more time. And, um, you know, Phil Jackson just didn't want any part of that. He just thought, you know what, it's it's time. Didn't want to go through a rebuild. Nope. Which you can understand.
2: I mean, you've had those kind of successes. And I think that's some people's argument against Phil Jackson when you're talking about the greatest coach of all time. Yes, he came in and made the Bulls what they were, but then he goes to the Lakers, a ready-made team with mm-hmm. Shaq and Kobe, yep. and maybe different than Auerbach. Now, the argument on the other side for Red Auerbach is... He had some dudes, too. <laughs> and there were eight teams. You're right, I mean, It's right. a completely different era that you're talking about when you're going back and forth there, but certainly understand it if you're Phil Jackson one, and want to go through that, and a rebuild that was in front of them. But the frustration for Bulls fans, I have to figure, looking back upon this, knowing that the guys were going to be back. They wanted to be back. Jordan, most importantly, wanted to be back. Was Pippen going to be there? No. Scotty no. wasn't going to come back. Other pieces, would you have to overpay for? And they talked about that a little bit. Sure. Mm-hmm. But you can still build a team around Kurt Michael traded,
1: Jordan. Pippen traded. Rodman released. Uh Jordan retired. It's just, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, you're gonna, my computer screen is completely frozen up. I don't know what I did, but uh, apparently I did something that it didn't like. So I'll, uh, have you do that, uh, Trent Uh, so we'll get to Bobby Hansen, uh, at the bottom of the hour. Yeah. So much to, you know, to think, to look back on in the game. Here's one thing that I, I don't think I knew this. If I did, I certainly didn't remember it. Um, Steve Kerr's dad. You know, assassinated in 1984 in Beirut. I did not know that story. I didn't know the fact that, you know, Kerr, who, played a, who had a huge, huge part uh, of this, uh, uh, of last night's episode. What was it? The last episode, right? Episode 10. Uh, he had... Um, as big a role as, as as anybody in in the program last night and 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 deservedly so, just the respect that Jordan came uh, to trust in him uh, by hitting those shots he knew he was tough because he 'd fought him earlier in practice as you think back uh, those two had a little bit of a set to and you gained jordan 's respect at that point, but Jordan talking to him on the bench prior to the game-winning shot uh, because he knew he was going to get doubled and he knew that, that Steve Kerr was going to be open and he's got his towel in front of him because Jordan knows has the wherewithal to realize that the cameras are probably on me when right. we're sitting on the bench at this time. Uh, and he, you can, you can see him kind of you know turning his head and talking out the side of his mouth to Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr had missed every shot seemingly taken and that game was all gung-ho and yeah, I'll be ready, I'll be ready type of thing. Jordan saw it ahead of time. Like all the great ones do, right? right. I mean, they, they know what's coming. That's what made Gretzky. Gretzky knew what was going to happen before the guy with the pu- the puck on his stick knew what he was going to do with it. Jordan, same way. He saw the game um, before, before it unfolded, and he knew what was going to play out, and there Steve Kerr was wide open and boom. Um, but Steve Kerr's dad, did you know? I did, yeah. You yeah. did. I didn't. knew that story, and I'm trying to remember where. Well, it
2: might have been David Right, wrote a book on Jordan. Maybe it was that one, but yeah. Kind of the background of that, and I remember researching it years and years ago, and and just it's still, boy, the impact of it, and it's still surprising too.
1: They asked the question of Steve Kurt. Did Did you you talk to about your dad's that one? And didn't no, too too painful. Too raw for both of them. And obviously, Kurz was over a decade. You know, Mm -hmm. it had happened a decade ago. Uh, I had no idea. I had no idea. But he had a big, 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 big uh, uh, role in last night's episode. Well, in the team. Right. But last night, I mean, he. And he deserved the airtime that Mm -hmm. he got last night, I thought. It was really good.
2: That 10 minute kind of takeaway. And Uh I I like those parts, those. Those mini stories inside, right. I really
1: enjoyed. And that's what people are critical of. They I wanted it to it. be about the 98 team only. I mean, everybody's different, right? Yeah. I, who might have sit here and criticized somebody who didn't like the program? Everybody's different. You're on it, but... I think they are, <laughs> but they certainly, from where I sit, they are. But, um, you know, that's there. The, people are critical of that. Mm-hmm. The fact that Jordan's three kids from his first marriage, well, his first wife didn't, wasn't part of it. Right. Um, and then the, the, the three kids didn't make an appearance in it until... Well, that's not true
2: until the very end.
1: Until the very end. But the oldest was remember he brought him to practice and shoot around, yep. and he was giving him crap about. Well, that must have been Marcus or well, I don't know Marcus or Jeffrey, one of them. But that was the uh, his daughter certainly wasn't in it. No, nope. uh, his uh, current wife and her two twin daughters were not a part of it. But I mean, I guess we everybody can you know poke holes
2: in it if you are looking hard enough. But you have to get Michael Jordan there, and if Michael Jordan said, you know what, I don't want you to uh, to ask my ex-wife to be part of this. Yeah. You say, okay. Right. If if that's one of the parameters mm-hmm. in front, what's more important, having <laughs> Michael Jordan or his ex-wife?
3: Yeah, I no, think we
2: I... all know the answer to that one. Let's get to Shane. He's got an answer for us about uh, what we saw with the flu game. Shane, you said you were listening to Dan Patrick, and a guy called in to Dan Patrick's show right before us saying he was part of this pizza gate. No, oh, really?
3: Yeah, actually, uh it, it... The guy was a manager at that Pizza Hut at the time, and he said it was like a block away from the arena. And the guy that was telling the story this morning was that guy's best friend. And he said him and and that guy's best friend were texting back and forth last night. And the manager at the time, obviously it was in Utah, was a huge Chicago Bulls fan. So when the phone call came into the Pizza Hut, They said, the manager said, nobody else is making this pizza. I'm making it. I'm delivering it. Ah. And I'm the only one that's going to be going. He said that documentary showed five guys last night. He said, in actuality, it was just one, me. And he goes, there was absolutely nothing wrong with that pizza. Hmm. He goes, I made sure of it. I took it. The security guy took me up and he had the room number and everything. And he goes, I delivered it. He gave me a $20 bill, said keep the change, and (laughs) I left. And so he goes, that's the story. Now, you know, this is a guy calling in. From Utah, so who knows if it's actually true? But the guy knew what hotel room, yep. you know, he knew and knew the Pizza Hut was no longer there. All this stuff, so it was actually pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, Shane, thank you for yeah. uh, filling us in. I appreciate the call. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Uh, get back no to problem. us. Uh, interesting you. story there. I did not um, obviously. Uh, we we just learned something. Yeah, uh, makes sense. It makes does. Sense. I can certainly buy into that. You know what else was part of it? The story last night, and I'm glad we got some. Nah, not we. The Krause family, I thought, deserved the ending that they got mm-hmm. because Jerry Krause was not portrayed well in most of these episodes. But even Scottie Pippen, who was as critical of, of, of Jerry Krause as anybody, Jordan was mean to him. You know, the whole, the whole uh, short thing. Yeah, I mean, yep. and he was mean. But um, the closure at the end with Pippen recognizing. The role that Jerry Krause played by putting that team together—he's a Hall of Famer for crying out loud, Krause for these cha- for the, all of these championships and the trades that he made and the draft to get Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen in that same in that same uh, draft. I was glad that Krause was—you know—he was not the villain, but he was kind of the bad guy, right? Right? Yeah. He was seen as the guy that's going to break up the Bulls, but I thought he got his due at the end, and I think he deserved it. Trent, you needed. An antagonist
2: at some way, and Jordan used everybody basically in that direction. Yep. But for a 10 part series, 10 hours of content, you got to have somebody that's vilified, and that was pretty much the easiest way to do it. Krause, credit to him. He made the trade for mm-hmm. Pippen right at the draft day. He was the one that brought in Horace Gray, and he's the one that brought in BJ Armstrong, and on and on and on. He brought in Dennis Rodman. Right. When he was, I mean, that was a guy that was looked at so uh-huh. poorly, and if the Bulls didn't pick him up, he might
1: have been out of the league. I mean, right. that's just how
2: bad it was. Yeah, he was
1: running out. Of, yeah, he, he'd um, certainly been running. He was running out of time. The Detroit thing was not going well. San Antonio not going well. No. Um Yeah, you're right. He was running out of chances, and, and he, they took a chance on. And how about leaving in the middle of the final? Oh yeah. Just... And, and, and and hooking up with a Hulkster. and then spending <laughs> the night drinking. But then you know what? He shows up and he plays and he gets 20 boards. He was so important against Karl Malone.
2: They had to have something without mm-hmm. him maybe we're talking about a different series and a different ending but yeah, you know
1: just speaking of different think about those games that we saw throughout this series in these finals you know what struck out to me last night as and maybe for the first time because i'm sure it was in all of them 85 79 91 82 you know what? Play a little defense. Oh, it was physical. play a little defense,
2: and the way that they played, and the hand checking that was involved, right. and the the ugly ball that went along with it. There, there were some hideous games. The fifty-four points oh. in game two by Utah. And I remember that game vividly, yeah. and just how bad it was, and that Wennington shot it, and because he was the only one that
1: hadn't scored.
2: And I was I was wondering because I, for whatever reason, that popped into my mind. I remember that final sequence and Wennington getting the jumper as they tried yeah, to get everybody to score nuts, in that game, yeah. and and just watching that. Is that going to be part of the documentary? And,
1: and there was uh, it was. It popped right in there. How about Sloan? Sloan, is is this the final box score? And then how <laughs> about earlier when he was asked about uh, Jordan, you know, talk, talk about Michael's game, uh, you <laughs> know, he's, as sick as he was, and and Sloan's kind of silent for a while. Well, what, was he sick? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently I was the last one to know Right, right um, Jerry Sloan's a good guy No, he is he has yeah. Great sense of humor Great mm-hmm. sense of humor it was on display last night uh, So many things in the game uh, Byron Russell mm-hmm. uh, Jordan takes it as a slight When he's playing baseball And he comes back to visit uh, Malone and Stockton Because, you know, dream team teammates Right, and he comes back With their practice And, and Russell walks up to Jordan And says, I, I know why you quit Because you knew I could guard you you know, I could, and from that moment forward, Jordan said he was on my list. That's all you need. All it
2: takes, right? Just a little bit. He takes any little oh, nugget. My God, and, such uh, a
1: great, great five Sunday. Yes, it really and truly was. A uh, good luck, Lance Armstrong. Good luck, right. Bruce Lee. Sammy, Mark, no pressure. You got to live up
2: to this. Oh my God! And it's going to be incredibly difficult to do. And the chances of them knocking him
1: out of the park with all three of these. Yeah. It's incredibly slim. Yeah, really is. Hey, you know what else was I was thinking about this uh, driving into work today? Does this feel to you like it does to me? Like, this is the last week that we're kind of going to be in. Well, not sure if it's going to happen next week. or We just don't know. Mm -hmm. They're talking, but who knows what's going to. I think we're going to get some maybe closer this week than we've ever been. Doesn't it feel like sports is on the precipice? Maybe not all of it. We know college football is going to play. They're amateurs. Mm Mm-hmm. But we certainly think that the NBA is getting close. It does feel that
2: way. And the NHL is getting close. I mentioned this to you before we went on the air. I almost feel like the NBA is closer to getting at least clarity of what's going to happen than the Major League Baseball. Well, well yeah, because... Um, that back and forth continues to be mm-hmm. ugly. And I read a little bit more over the weekend and just every single time... It's not me siding with the billionaires over the millionaires, but siding with what, the owners. Was there over any the players?
1: coincidence that they came out and put the losses? We're going to lose fifty million. What was the number that they put out? Some crazy number. Huge, every yeah. game we're going to every game that's played, we're going to lose this many millions of dollars. Well, where were your books before? Right, <laughs> right. Yes. You know why were you so reluctant to open them before? But now it's a it's a battle of PR at this point. Yeah, um. But, yeah, I agree with your Trent. I think the NBA is close. I think the NHL is going to uh, come up with something this week as far as, you know, two cities, four cities. Mm-hmm. NBA, same way. I think it's going to be a race to get the Las Vegas. By the way, um, we should, we'll do this later on in the week. Las Vegas is going to try and come back. Some of the properties that are not going to open, just amazing. Really? Oh, I mean, some big, big Mirage is not going to open until July. The first two in the MGM chain are going to be New York, New York, Mm -hmm. and the Bellagio. No MGM, no Mirage. Uh, There's a whole ton of them that are just... Palms, they've just spent hundreds of millions of dollars gutting the Palms. It's never going to reopen. Really? Well, never is a long time. There's there's no talk of it reopening again. It's not alone. There's a bunch of properties on the strip that are just going to, at least for the time being, stay closed. What is Vegas going to look like? Oh, Trent, not like it ever did. Not for a long time, I don't think. I really don't. I mean, as we said when we first started to learn about COVID, mm-hmm. why is this not affecting Vegas? It's a petri dish. The world descends upon Las Vegas. Um, it's not going to come back like we rec- recognized it before and all for who knows when oh, that time is going gonna to be. It's going to be scary. Yeah, and, no, it's it's, it's it's definitely going to be something.
2: That's not a, that's not the only industry that is going to struggle coming out of this, but that one's got to be at mm-hmm. the forefront. I mean, it's something that, that that's a—
1: Service industry yes. people in Las Vegas— per capita wise. I mean, what what would be close? I guess like the Disneys, right? Sure. But still, there's... But Vegas, it's just, that's it. It's different. It really and truly is. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bobby Hansen's going to join the program. Look forward to Bobby Hansen going to join us here at the bottom of the hour. He's part of that team. Jordan made it very um, well known that in that year, he wanted to get Bobby Hansen a ring. Do you remember that? No, and I don't know if it was a part of the show, but it was certainly something that I read surrounding that that period of time with the Bulls. And it's come out during these last five weeks just how important that it was for Jordan to get Bobby Hanson a ring. It was Bobby Hanson's last year. I mean, I think he stuck around. I, don't, I think he probably got might have got paid for one more year. We'll find out. But uh, just what it meant to Jordan to get, to get uh, Bobby Hanson a ring. So we'll talk to him about that. I have to assume that what it was like for. Uh to be a part of that um those those bulls team, the travel and everything that surrounded it when Hansen was there was mild to where it was when it ended right as you're far talking ninety one ninety two right as opposed to ninety seven yes. ninety eight just the hangar runners mm-hmm. were cell phones around in ninety I'm trying to remember when I got well, probably my first, a yeah, phone. you know they were they yeah. were they were yep they were I got my wife one um ninety five or ninety six her first plan was 30 minutes. 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes. Probably plenty, right? That's all she's going to need. Yeah. It's you know, just so an emergency. Just, just for an emergency. That's put all this, you need to put this for. in your person. Right. You. 30 minutes.
2: One uh, other thing you mentioned the hangers on, and we were talking about his close, closeness to his security yep. guards. After the championship, Jordan's sitting there playing the piano. Yeah. And the celebration, and the people there. We didn't get to see his entourage often during this. Mm -hmm. How big was it? How many people were actually involved? How many were with him day to day, or was it just a very tight knit group? Mm -hmm. We never got
1: an answer to that Mm -hmm. one. Hey, there's another part. You know, there's a Ray Cole tweeted something. ABC's doing something. Is it tonight with Magic Johnson and uh, Magic? It's on ABC. Is it tonight? Let me look. I'm going to okay. find it right now. That there's that there's more about this. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Uh, more Last Dance coming Tuesday night. Stephen A. Smith, Magic Johnson will discuss the 10-part ESPN docuseries series, Michael Jordan's final year. This uh from the Hollywood Report. So I guess that's coming out tomorrow night. Anyways. All right. Bobby Hanson's going to join us next. We will uh, talk about The Last Dance. What did he think of it? Uh, at 11 o'clock, we'll carry Governor Kim Reynolds, 1130. Matt Rudy's going to chime in here on some golf. The uh, golf was good yesterday. I think it'll be better this weekend with Tiger and Phil back onto the course. Brady, part of it, uh, as, as well as uh, Peyton Manning. Boy, Brady's starting to take some arrows. This breakup, is, as all breakups are, mm-hmm. it's starting to get a little nasty.
2: Well, and we're talking about Boston. We've seen this you know, so many times with just Boston athletes. And
1: One of the writers accused Brady of checking out. Really? Yeah, Tom Brady
2: checked out. That's looking for some clicks, right? I guess. Hot take. Tom Brady had already checked out. Now Are they it, scorned? Is this like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, think of how, I mean, this happens with the Red Sox seemingly every single time. And it doesn't matter how yeah, that's high a good point. these people are on the back end of it. When it goes bad, it mm-hmm. goes really bad in that market. And I don't know the reason behind it. I don't know Boston that well, I guess. But, boy, it, it seems different than pretty much anywhere else. Can you imagine negativity in this realm in Chicago after Jordan left? Mm. Going after Mm. him and Scotty and everybody else. But in Boston? Well, they went after Krause pretty hard. Well (laughs) he was he was a a sitting target there because he he was was still trying to do the rebuild. Right. They're still
1: trying to do the rebuild.
2: Yeah, and let's slow down on the greatest GM of all time. Give him his due. He's a Hall of Famer. But the greatest the greatest would have been able to at least do something and not
1: -hmm. draft Eddie Curry. And Tyson yeah. Chandler back to back. There were some swings and some misses. Eight and forty-two in you know, that uh, first year yeah. back. Yeah, you know what? I was uh, this isn't for today's show, but this is a bit later on in the week, and certainly with Ka- uh, with Cappy, uh, Michael McCaskey passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, his legacy, right? Because I guess he wasn't. I mean, I don't know. Should they have won more Super Bowls? Yeah, that's a pretty good squad, right? Uh, Bobby Hansen joins the program next. Miller and ha- uh, Miller and Hanson, <laughs> Miller and Condon uh, take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station fourteen sixty KXNO 102. tuna, Fuller
0: Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO,
3: and now on 106.3
0: FM.
1: All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As uh, we take you up until noon. Uh, you're going to have to get Bobby Hansen on here, Trent. Is my screen still giving me little problems? All but, right. Uh, Bobby Hansen joins the program. Bobby, Trent, and Ken, looking, uh, forward, to, been looking forward to having you on here uh, since we knew the show was coming out and thought we'd save you until the series is finished. Get your thoughts on it. We're grateful you joined us here this morning, Bobby. How are you?
0: Hey, man, I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing well. Well, uh, give us uh, your take, Bobby. You play television critic uh, after the last five Sunday nights. What did you think of the series as a whole before we get into it uh, a little bit more in depth? What did you think of it?
0: I thought it was awesome. Um, my whole family thought it was awesome. I know my wife, she's like totally into it. And I think yesterday they were all on from starting at 12 noon. Yes. So we were in and out of the house and... When she hears the music, she goes running to the TV, and and, uh, I think it's great. It it was such a blessing for me, guys, to be a part of that team, small part of that that run, I guess, if you will. But 1992, I was in Sacramento, I guess, 91, and then I got word that they wanted to make a trade after they had won one championship and to be a part of it. Now you get to relive uh, some of that, and uh, I had the um, luxury, if you will, that I was still – allowed access to a lot of that during that second three oh. and I was in there doing some radio and TV work, and we'd see a lot of that going on. But uh, it is what it is. How about that? I mean, <laughs> they're, pulling, they're pulling the curtain back a lot right there and letting you see what uh what them guys were like
1: yeah it was it was just tremendous bobby so one thing that i read uh during this last five weeks at some point is just jordan when you were part of the the 91 92 the championship team championship number two jordan apparently really wanted you to get you a ring he wanted to uh, to make you a part of a championship team
0: were you aware of that bobby um, not until about halfway through Kenny, because, you know, I was with him every day obviously, uh-huh. and I knew him from, you know, hand fighting and battling him in, uh, in Utah where you, you, you played defense under Jerry Sloan's rules. And that was hands-on physical defense and no help. Uh, you know, the Jordan rules is, you know, let's get a double team, maybe a triple team here, but you kind of leave you out there. So it was Michael and I hand fighting and then had been with him at the, I think it was the 1990 all-star game weekend. Uh, we both were on eight guys that would shoot in the the three point contest. It was his first time. So kind of knew him casually, socially, uh, from that. Um, so it wasn't like first time walking in to Michael Jordan, but, um, you know, I don't know. We got along pretty well. I never had that, you know, punch me in the eye or anything (laughs) moment with Michael. We would go at it every day in practice, but, but that's what that was fun, you know, and I guess when I see some of that, on there on tv you see how you're battling him it's like i remember in the back of my mind it's like i don't want to hurt the guy i don't want to be the guy that you know twists his knee and now he's out for you know a month or whatever so you kind of, you kind of throw in batting practice at him a little bit <laughs> right. but uh, he'd be coming at you at 100 miles an hour and eventually you had to like uh stand up but uh, no he was awesome he, he was uh, he was a great teammate and um, you know there were down days. There were times when I wouldn't play. I mean I was like the eleventh, twelfth guy on that team, splitting time with Craig Hodges. He was hurt. I'd play. He'd come back. Phil tried to get him back going. But Michael could sense that in practice, and uh, you know it's like hang in there, man. We're gonna get you a ring. Mm-hmm. And I think he really took you know that as a as a goal as they move forward into the third championship. New guys in the you know four, five, and six. There were always new guys in there. So that was a little bit of his motivating force, but. Um, you know he did it. He, he certainly did it. I ended up with the basketball, and uh, I sat down with him wow. in the locker room afterwards and said, uh, "You know what? I'm not going to keep this. Thanks for the ring. You you <laughs> you made good on your promise. And do you want this ball? Hoping he'd say no. You keep it. <laughs> but, uh, I said, okay, this is my college, my kid's college education yeah. here. But anyway, <laughs> here you go. And uh, he didn't get the first one, Scotty and Michael and I were doing our three person shooting drills, and I asked him one time, I'm like, who's got that ball from the Laker? series out there at the forum and nothing, he didn't say anything and kept shooting and Scotty's kind of snickering and, and uh, I'm like, seriously, who's got that ball? And Scotty's like, I got it. I'm like, how did you end up with it and not the man? And he's like, because I got it. So Michael, that's okay, right, you get it. Now, he, he went after and got the next three, I think. I don't know if he went after number six, but I think Michael's got four of the six basketballs.
2: So as you go through this and you're watching everything and you knew, obviously, being a part of it, a lot of the stories... What surprised you? What was new for you that you didn't know going into this series of documentaries?
0: Uh, but, 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 but Robin took a vacation. I think that was like, whoa, um, you know, how does that work? You know, that, but that was later on. That was after me. You know, just you know, and even they embraced a lot of those Detroit guys. I know they hated them, man. Um, you know, having to go in there in 91, 92 and, and play at the palace and, you know, the hatred they had. We actually played them, I think on Christmas day at the Chicago stadium. And I knew Isaiah and lights went out, power went out at the stadium. So, you know, we're sitting around shooting under the emergency generator lights and I'm guarding Jordan, just, you know, working him out a little bit in the post. He liked to work on his post moves, This little follow-away move. And I, and I hear, a guy yelling, Hanson, come here. And it's Isaiah at, uh, Half court. And I'm like, hey, Zeke, Merry Christmas, dude. He's like, yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas. Go get your boy. I want to talk to him. I'm like, who's my boy here? What, what are we talking about here? He said, "He said Michael. And I said, okay, he might not come over because he said, I know, I know. So he said, I just want to tell him Merry Christmas. So I go over there and tell him, I said, Michael, uh, Zeke wants to say a Merry Christmas. And uh, I won't tell you what he told me, but he went over there and they shook hands and uh, changed their pleasantries. But yeah, that was uh that was Michael. You know, he was young. He was 28, 29 years old at that time and uh just the greatest of all time.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, Bobby. You know what uh, one of the, my biggest takeaways uh from the series was and it's not a basketball related takeaway. It's it's how tight he became with with security guards of all people right you just wouldn't yeah. think that about the you know the greatest player of all times or one of the greatest athletes to ever play any sport and then there's Gus and there's Wozniak and there's one other guy Clarence I think but just that yeah. that group of guys around him Bobby uh, that he allowed to get in and man they had his back uh were you aware of that early on
0: uh yeah a little bit I mean they, they tell you what's what's up um, you know, who's around. And I knew George Kohler, the driver, and, and knew Tim Grover, uh, obviously guys that were around. Yeah. Ahmad was around. Quinn Buckner knew those guys. The security guys, though, everybody that worked at the Chicago Stadium and, and then the United Center were off-duty Chicago police officers. And, you know, they were good. They parked your cars. They, they you know, took care of it. They took care of your family. Um, so you knew those guys. You didn't know the depth of who they were. Probably until, you know, some of these stories about Hollywood woes and, and, and Gus. And then there's another guy you'll see, Caps, we called him. Uh, he always sat behind the bench because there were death threats uh, toward Michael during that year. The FBI traveled with the team very, very, you know, incognito, if you will. But uh, they were around and, uh, you know, bad stuff was around. So that's why you had a lot of security around Michael. But, uh, you know, he loved him, embraced him, took care of him and uh they took care of him how different was it
2: in comparison for your season on the team there in 91 92 and then when you're working on radio and tv and being with the team at that point as we're six seven years into it how different was it for the team as a whole and especially michael jordan
0: yeah i i think he got a little bit older and and uh it was on the next generation of all new guys. And I think he addresses that pretty early. He's like, you know, these guys ain't done, you know, squat here yet. And I had to straighten them out that, you know, the guys that came before were the the champions. You guys aren't aren't, aren't quite there yet. So that's a little bit of what he was dragging dragging them along in there. But, um, difference, you know, I think he, he was more businesslike, um, you know, bringing Dennis Rodman into that mix was, was, Interesting, um, you know, because he liked to have fun, and I think they had a little more fun. They were always, you know, having beer after the game on on the bus and all that. But yeah, you know, it was a it was a, it was a big part of what they did and how they kept that team together. I knew Bushler and I knew Steve Kerp and the Lute Olson guys down at yep. Arizona. So had those connections. Phil was awesome all the time. Jimmy Rogers is an Iowa guy. He was an assistant coach. Tex winner. He loved seeing the old guys come back. He talk about the triangle offense. So yeah, it was fun to be be uh in that mix and and uh, you know most of my years were in utah and, and it's mixed emotions you kind of mm. see them beating utah twice there in championships five and six and carl and john and and uh just kind of took over there and and uh, so it just it brought back a lot of great memories
1: yeah we were asked to ask you about the utah uh, chicago game so i'm glad you got that uh in where did you sit on the plane bobby hansen were you at the front of the plane or the back of the plane <laughs>
0: I was at the front of the plane in that dollar yeah. card table. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could. I was not in the ten thousand dollar money game.
1: Yeah.
0: I enjoyed watching him, though. It was fun to kind of watch him. It was it was hilarious. He again, he only wanted Scotty Pippen's money. He wanted everybody's money, right? But he only wanted to take everything Scotty had just to keep him at that point of uh, you know second in command.
1: Uh, Scotty was criminally underpaid, was he not?
0: Yeah, yeah, but he agreed to it. You know, we were all yeah, permanently underpaid the way the world is now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, but Scotty, yeah, you had to, you had to realize that, uh, you know, and then the, they drafted Tony Kukoc in 1990. Mm-hmm. I got there in 91, so there was always this, okay, Tony's going to come in and take Scotty's place. So Scotty wanted to no know part of that, and he had a horse, you know, and then Michael jumped on that in the Olympics. And you made it feel bad for Tony because when you met Tony later on, I got to meet him and brought business people and, and friends and take pictures of him he's an awesome guy he's a, he's a really good guy down to earth and it just got thrown into a bad situation by Jerry Krause who who probably you know never was the most adept at doing it uh you know socially correct he just kind of throw things at him but yeah it, it's um you know and, and then you go to Jerry Krause and and you know he brought me there he made a trade for me when I was in nowhere land and in sacramento at the end of my career yet he made it a choice to throw me into that mix and i will forever be grateful to to jerry Krause. but utah yeah you know it was it was different it was a different arena than i played in uh, to see carl and john i mean they they battled they had them mm-hmm. and uh my wife always tells me you know had they had not traded you they might have had their championship because i could guard jordan a little bit i mean i'm like yeah okay yeah you never know uh, what goes on but uh yeah it's uh to see Jerry Sloan, I guess, in, in his younger days, and mm-hmm. it was, it was a battle. Every every everyone they had, and then the whole pizza thing. I I had heard all that before um, talking to those guys. You know, fifteen years ago, they were explaining to me what they thought had happened.
2: Bobby, as you look back, you retired. I mean, semi early in your you were 31, 32, right in that range when you retired. Yeah. Looking back, you know, Chicago released you. But was there ever anything you said oh, tried to glob on or after playing for the Bulls? If you would have went back to an organization like Sacramento, would have just been too difficult? Your decision to walk away.
0: Yeah, no, it was fairly easy, guys, because the body gives out, your body will tell you. Uh, like I said, it was not an easy year to get through that. I have a bad shoulder, and it's got no cartilage in my right shoulder and the left knee. And it's just, you know, I mean, every day was a war. So, you know, you just do whatever you had to do to get through the process um my contract was not guaranteed for that next year i thought they might pick it up if had they what had they guaranteed it i would have but you got to the end of uh the summer and like no kraus was like no we want you to come back but we're not going to guarantee it you and scott williams we're going to keep you know non-guaranteed it's like you know what i've had my run it's Mm -hmm. been a good run my wife's father got really sick with cancer Mm -hmm. at that time with lymphoma and johnny was in a va hospital so it was like the perfect time to say, you know what? We had two of our children, Bailey and Carly. And I said, I'll take care of these kids. You be with your dad every day. And he ended up uh, passing away the same day of the Drake Diner murder. So wow. November, I think 29th. Yeah. And uh, at that point, time, it's was like, you know what? I'm done. You got to be with your father. And then I started doing radio. Jim Zobel called and was like, hey, why don't you join me on the Iowa broadcast here and see how it goes. So it was a nice little transition in and Really, I I've not had any regrets. It it's not like I looked and said, Damn, I wish I would have stuck around and played a little longer. I got the most out of what I had to give guys in, in those nine years playing total in the NBA.
1: And you walked away with the ring. Bobby, my last thing for you, because uh, yeah. this was your this was your year. Uh, Mark Vancell, apparently Jordan and him were really tight, and I didn't know he was at the time. I think with the Chicago yeah. Sun-Times, he wrote Rare Air. But he was quoted in uh, one of the earlier episodes that Jordan had told him after the Dream Team, after the Olympics, that he was thinking of walking away then, not when he did after Championship 3. And the reason he had to come back for one more Year then because apparently it was taking its toll on him. Magic and Bird had never won three in a row, so he wanted to, you know, he wanted to be that guy. But did you know that Jordan was thinking about it after your championship season that that might be it for him at that time?
0: No, no, no. Like I said, he was still young. Um, they, they were making plans for the Olympics, even the, you know, the prior six months to that, you had Olympic people around and um, you know checking on on Michael and they do what they have to do pre Olympic stuff, but. No they were going to go into this dream team, and uh, you know to get the three pete I think is what set them apart all them other guys had done the back to back but for uh for michael to to get the three peat that that was his driving force, but it was taking a toll on him you you could tell uh, when you were around even the one year I was around him because he couldn't really go anywhere um, when he did go somewhere he had his guys around him, private rooms, you know your own little area in, in a restaurant or whatever and he really did like seeing people uh, that he knew, and I went down to spring training with, with uh, WHO Pat Paris, We tried to get an interview mm-hmm. one-on-one, but he wasn't doing it, but I was down there on Valentine's Day in 1994, and he was so happy to, to see somebody new, and his words to me when he first saw me were, what the hell are you doing down here? <laughs> uh, that's a question for you. What are you doing down here? But uh, we had a good laugh out of that. I've got a signed baseball that, that Michael had signed and sitting there in the dugout, but he was just kind of lonely, it, it seemed like at that time. Again, George Kohler, George was his man, always around him. Um, I think George told me he helped open up the Des Moines Marriott. He was a limo driver down there for a little while, so we had that Des Moines connection, and he went to Chicago and worked for Marriott, and that's how he got to know Michael. But, yeah, it was, uh, you know, everybody wants to be like Mike, but, you know, there's a, a lot of intrusion on his life, and I think he's done a great job raising his kids and, and uh, kind of keeping them out of the spotlight, if you will, and and uh, just, just being the man.
2: Bobby Hanson joining us, 1992 world champion. Hit his last three three-pointers of his career yep. during the uh, the finals against Portland in 91-92. Bobby, I'll let you go. Ken asked you about the card games. Did you ever golf against MJ?
0: <laughs> no, but we've always wanted to play. He'll call me when we were playing. We were in Portland, I think, and he's like, you know, hey, blah, 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 blah. We're going golfing. We're going up to Pumpkin Ridge or something some new place you want to go. And I'm like, I'd love to go do, but I will be immediately cut if they find out that I'm playing golf. So, uh, you guys go on and do your thing. And I went out with another buddy. I went to grade school and high school with lived out there. We played her 18 holes by herself and nobody knew, but sure enough in the paper next day, Michael's playing golf with the, these guys and they listed everybody. So it's like, Whoa, I'm glad I didn't, uh, didn't go play golf in that one. But no, I know people that do play with him and, and, uh, Michael says whatever makes you nervous, that's what we'll play for, whether it is that dollar or $10,000 a hole. But, um, you know, the whole gambling thing was just crazy. And, and, you know, it's not like he was a degenerate. He just he liked that competition. Yep. He liked mm-hmm. to have action on everything. Next color car, come out. Your <laughs> luggage, come out first. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it just, it just what drove the guy. And it, it's part of his genius as well.
1: Bobby, thank you for doing this for us. I sure appreciate it, Bobby Hanson. You're
0: welcome.
1: Anytime. Yeah, good to talk to you. Bobby Hansen joining us as we uh, recap uh, with the guy who was there, uh, mm-hmm. the last dance. We'll take a time out. We'll come back, finish up the hour. Governor Kim Reynolds, her, day, her daily press conference uh, at 11 o'clock. We'll talk some golf with Matt Rudy at 1130, uh, 1135 before we leave you at noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 K X and 106. 10- Thank you for supporting Food Bank of Iowa. <laughs> Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 uh, FM. Final couple of minutes of the first hour of the program. Again, our thanks to Bobby Hansen for joining us and sharing some of the stories uh, with us here this morning. Trent, on our final couple of minutes here before we run out of hour, reading uh, you know some stuff over the weekend, it sure seems like it's going to be a long shot at best uh, that there's uh, baseball in downtown Des Moines this year. Mm-hmm. It does not sound good for minor league baseball. Uh, with the taxi squads that are are, uh, being spoken about now as part of this. It just doesn't seem like uh, the minor leagues are going to happen in any form. Yeah, across the
2: board and where all these players are going to be housed, I think spring training facilities, write an article about that. That seems more likely, though you're going to have not just the expanded roster of 30 that they're talking about on the MLB roster, but that taxi squad that you mentioned—maybe not all of those players. If it's an extra fifteen, twenty 15,
1: guys on there, twenty is the high. I've heard anywhere from ten to twenty.
2: Maybe not all those guys are right there in Chicago, in Minneapolis, wherever it may be. But they're going to be close and just a plane right away if necessary. But yeah, it's going to be—it's uh, going to be tough, you know, not to have baseball mm-hmm. here. Not going to have baseball where you can just make the drive and you get the hankering. And and last summer, before all those noon games, we did our show. Yeah, I loved it. It was so much fun. It was just a looking lot of at fun. the ballpark and yep. watching the grounds crew doing their thing and the guys warming lucky, up. Trent Des Moines yeah.
1: lucky to have that gym downtown Des Moines, uh principal park. Hopefully they'll see some games there this year, but boy, it's certainly sounding like it's uh is not gonna happen. But as we said early in the show, I get the sense that we're gonna get some clarity this week. I hope so. I really do. Uh, regarding more than baseball, NBA, mm-hmm. NHL, NFL's bound and determined. College football remains to be seen. All right, Governor Kim Reynolds uh, has heard uh, our daily press conference. We will hear that next as we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon. Thanks for being with us on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.